Yeah, first I would say to anyone who's currently in a leadership position, uh, go find those folks. If you haven't found them or connected to them already, go find them, build a relationship with them and tell them one simple thing that I believe in you. Marlon Styles, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Oh, excited to be here, Adam. Ready to spend some time and uh, let's bring some high energy. Hopefully, we can inspire a few folks. Yeah, no doubt. You've been on my list of people that I want to interview for a while. We connected last summer in uh, Ohio, but even previously before that, man, it's someone you and I had been connected on social media for a long time. ISTE, Distinguished District National Superintendent of the Year. And when I met you in person, the the mojo and the energy that you convey on social media, everyone listening, is exactly how Marlon is in real life. Just like smiles and fist bumps and energy and and all of that. It's uh it's just super fun. But uh, man, the people that don't know who you are, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, where you work, and uh, yeah, just give us the down low. Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for joining. First of all, Adam, thanks for having us. Um, name is Marlon Styles, just like it sounds. Uh, no, no the trickiness to it, right? Uh, proud superintendent here at Middletown City School District. Been here for five years. I still claim the rookie tag. You know, when you're a rookie, you can get away from things that you might not be able to as a veteran. Uh, so five-year rookie. Middletown's a proud urban district here in Southwest Ohio. Home of the Middies, as you can see right behind me. Hashtag Midi Rising is the culture that we represent. It's the culture that I am blessed to be a part of. Excited to spend some time with you here today and talk a little bit of leadership. Yeah, you bet. Marlon, who was the first person to really believe in you as an educator or a leader? Oh, I got to go straight to my elementary PE teacher, uh, Miss Heidemann. Um, when I walked into that classroom, I was young, elementary mind. I was hyper as I don't know what, Adam. This is before hyper hyperness even existed. I walked into that that room, uh, and her classroom was just flat out electric. Uh, she challenged us uh, to really re reach uh, in deep and find something that that we didn't know we had at a very young age. I'll give you one quick example. Um, walked in one day and she had this obstacle course. I mean, the obstacle course of all obstacle courses, um, ropes, just, just an athletic hyper kid being able to go in and take that challenge. Uh, struggled to get through it the first few times. Uh, but I remember one day specifically, she pulled me off to the side and it was one magical moment. That's all it took for me. Uh, she saw something in me. And from that moment forward, I mean, I ripped that obstacle course up like no other, uh, but stay connected to her throughout my educational career, even to this day. Uh, we talk every now and then via text and on the phone. Um, just a special person that's been near and dear to my heart. I know kids across this country have a lot of educators do the exact same thing for them. Heck yeah. No, it's the backbone of the country, man. It's the teachers and the leaders and everybody else that's uh, involved in school districts. Let's talk about culture. Now, I've been a part of organizations where the culture is a little bit lackluster. And then I've been a part of organizations or departments or schools that the culture is just absolutely amazing. And it's like that team that you want to be on and you want to fight and you want to show up and you can't wait to get to work. Now, what do you do as a leader to really think about culture and what do you bring to your, to your office and to your superintendent, assistant superintendents and your principals and say, Hey, this is what we do about and with culture. Like, and where does that come from? Um, just, yeah. Talk about that, Marlon. Yeah, first of all, culture is magic uh, when it comes to serving children. And culture is everything. As we talk about here in Middletown City School District, 
culture is every day, all day, all the time. Um, and we live and die by that. Uh, for me specifically, I consider it my obligation uh, to take pride and be the heartbeat of the culture of the school district. Um, for any leader that's out there, whether at the building level, district level, it does not matter, even at, at the school level, um, in classrooms, take pride um, in being the heartbeat of the culture. Um, and we do that every single day. I'll also share uh, that it's important to empower folks to contribute and invest in the culture. I think it's something that we as a profession can do a lot better of. And that's when we're doing culture-related work that we go ahead and talk about the fact, Adam, that guess what? We're doing culture work. Uh, we get so caught up in being initiative-driven in education that we don't realize how much we truly are investing in the culture. But realizing that it takes people people uh, to stand alongside of people it doesn't matter a title or position and invest in the culture on a daily basis this is how we get such magic here in Middletown City School District with that thing you see behind me hashtag Midi Rising it's a pretty exciting feeling to be part of it heck yeah Midi Rising there's an old business guy Peter Drucker famous quote culture eats strategy for breakfast which you could have the 25 point plan and the strategic initiatives and all of that but if there is if there is no culture in the building, in the organization, you know, something I, I remember as a teacher, people would say, well, you know, the district. And I was like, but we are the district. Everybody has to have that hand in there and they got to be able to hold the baton. So site leaders, district leaders, you know, talk to your people, listen to your people, get out there and have conversations and visit classrooms and, and talk to kids. And because the kids are a part of the culture too. It's not just the staff members, because hey, those kids might come back and work, work in the organization someday. It's, uh, it's super important. Marlon, what advice do you have for aspiring leaders? Let's say you got people in the classroom still and they want to be an instructional coach or they want to be an assistant principal principal or maybe they're a principal and they want to make that move to central office what advice could you give to those people to get ready to put themselves out there or just kind of anything around that time anything around that idea yeah first i would say to anyone who's currently in a leadership position uh go find those folks if you haven't found them or connected to them already Go find them, build a relationship with them and tell them one simple thing that I believe in you and then give them everything you have in your heart and soul to invest in their development because the profession, we need them. To those who are interested in being a future leader, I would say this one special thing to you. You're ready right now. Um, anything that you need as far as being ready for the transition, you can get that on the job. But you are leadership ready right now. The fact that you've got it in your heart and you're ready to take the jump to serve on a greater capacity uh, means that you are ready. Um, my biggest piece of advice to you is to believe in yourself, right? Uh, leadership is not for everybody, uh, but leadership can be for everyone who truly believes in themselves. So understand who you are as a leader. Be your unapologetic, authentic self. When you get into the seat and you transition to that leadership position and make sure that you are leading to serve others, um, no matter what it is uh, that you're doing or whatever's on your whiteboard or your strategic plan or your building plan, just make sure you're leading with passion and you're ready to leave and serve others most importantly. Canada, Illinois, Arizona, Minnesota, Louisiana, Utah, Missouri, Texas, Illinois, uh, Mexico, Virginia, New Hampshire, Idaho, Texas, 
and Idaho again, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Oregon, and Maine. Those are just to name a few. This year, 2022, has been busy for consulting and doing workshops and ed tech conferences and keynotes and state principal conferences and convocations in August. I still have some dates available really the summer, uh, end of July, August, and September. If your school district organization, educational service unit is looking for a high energy, relevant, fun, practical speaker that brings ideas and energy, hey, I would appreciate it if you would consider me. It's kind of a way to support the podcast. Also, go to Mr. Adam Welcome dot com backslash speaking or you can just email me directly adam welcome at gmail.com i would love to work with you and uh, your organization to create an amazing day for your entire team wherever you are i've given over 300 keynotes and events over the last five years so uh yeah just bring the mojo and uh hopefully we can work together and now back to the podcast with marlon styles yeah, I love what you said about being ready. I've had so many people over the years, and I'm sure you have too. That's why you brought it up to say, well, I don't think I'm ready. And I say, okay, what are you going to do over the next year, two, three years to get yourself ready? Like, what do you think you need to do? You need to sit in another IEP. You need to have a read another book. Like, those things are always continuing. I mean, Marlon, you're still learning and growing. I'm still learning and growing. It's a continuous journey wherever you are, find those people yeah. and uh, yeah, find the job. I always say to find the person that's in the job that you want, not necessarily that job, and then make them your new friend, like reach out to them. And maybe they're not in Ohio. Maybe they're not in California. Maybe they're in Kentucky or Texas or, or Maine and reach out to them on social media with some questions and interact with them and say, Hey, can I learn from you? Can I connect with you? Because whatever they're doing, it's going to happen where you are too. It is just a, it's a great, place to be so speaking of yeah. that who, who go no go ahead you want to say something i said let me add to that right so yeah. i want to flip the script also right so you talked about those that are aspire to be in the leadership role but i really want to put the pressure on us leaders who are actually in leadership positions right now remember we got here because someone else invested in us right so let's pay it back pay it forward whatever that slogan may be find those aspiring leaders tell them you believe in them but take the time to truly value them as a thought partner, value them as a potential future leader, value them as an educator, and give them the same investment, maybe even more than those who uh, came before you did for you to help you get to where you're at. Yeah, 100%. So along those lines, who do you learn from, Marlon? Ooh, I don't know if we have enough time to dig into that. <laughs> uh, you talked about it earlier, right? Uh, your network absolutely matters, right? So I'm gonna go adults and children for just a quick second. Um, Adult-wise, I think it's important to build your network, uh, but also value that network just like you would anything else in your professional career. I have so many different colleagues from across the country and here locally that I lean on almost on a daily basis. Just last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, my colleagues from the League of Innovative Schools are here in Cincinnati. 200 uh, thought leaders from across the country. We spent time together talking about how we could better serve children across the country, right? I learned from them on a frequent basis. I also wanna focus in on students. We make it a conscious effort to take time to get to know students, right? I know a couple kids right now that are Ohio State fans, even though I'm a Michigan fan. I know students who wanna be business women when they grow up. 
right? But building relationships with kids is absolutely critical, but creating decision-making tables, right? The conditions where children are invited to the conversation. So we as adults get to sit back and listen and learn from them so we can better serve. One thing I wish that I could do a lot better that I don't do right now um, is to get into schools and just shadow kids and truly get a perspective of what their day is like from their lens, not ours or not mine, uh, but spend more time standing alongside them throughout the school day to truly get a perspective from them about their experience. That's the best learning uh, that we can do, but I cannot stress the importance of a really strong, deep, uh, connected network professionally that helps any educator really be successful. Yeah, speaking of being connected, pause the podcast right now or multitask, go to Twitter, at MCSD Super. Be sure to follow Connect with Marlon. How you hear Marlon right now on the podcast is exactly how Marlon is on social media, on, in person. We've hung out in person. MCSD Super. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well, too. Marlon, we have a shortage across the country of teachers and leaders. I've read the reports. I've seen the graphs. It's uh it's it's a pandemic in itself. I mean, education recruitment is in kind of the ICU. For all the kids that are in college right now, what, what would be your message to them on why they should get into education? But also too, I mean, it's a 10, 15 year, 20 year thing for all the kids that are in MIDI right now or in you know my own children, why should they get into education? What's so amazing about it? Yeah, if you don't mind me getting very specific here, um, I just want to speak from the heart. Right now, we need black male educators more than we ever have in this country. Um, and I cannot stress that enough. Just something I'm passionate about. Not sure if you got a chance to speak with Baron Davis um, out of Richland, too, in South Carolina, but got a phenomenal thing he's doing down there with the Premier 100. I think everyone across the country should be paying attention. But the, the statistics show the impact that a black male educator can have um, on children at a very early age, if they've got exposure to one, is significant. Um, it's tenfold if they have exposure to multiple. So yes, we definitely need more educators, right, in the profession. But I'll be very specific about what we need the most, and that's black male educators. So to any uh, black male who's out there listening, to any educator who's listening, please reach out um, and talk about the importance um, of black male educators getting into the profession and what they can do for our youth across the country. Uh, to make it plain and simple, Adam, without no fluff, uh, to be very blunt, we need you. Um, we, we are in that big of a need for you right now. We hope you see the importance and the impact you can have on our youth in this country by getting into the profession. Yeah, no, 100%. Less than 2% of teachers are black males across the country. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've read that and known that stat, and I actually read that I read that recently and uh, yeah, hey, more important than ever. And I think that goes too to, to the reaching out piece that we were talking about, like who do you learn from and just advice for leaders. And, and you know, you, you mentioned it briefly, but current educators, uh, no matter what the color of your skin is, you know, go to high schools and do talks and recruit and have conversations. And I know when I was a principal, I used to go to my local, local university um, and not just the education classes, but just kind of walking around. Hey, are you declared a major yet? I mean, it's got to be a focus point. So this leads into my next question. Marlon, the president calls you and he's like, Mr. Stiles, I, I want you to come to Washington and I want you to be the next secretary of education for this country. What 
what would your priorities be? What would be your first, you know, hundred days on the job? I'm sure you had a first hundred days five years ago when you became a superintendent. You know, when you have a new job, what, what would that look like for you? I mean, it's a big job. It's a big ask. Hopefully, you would say yes. But uh, yeah, what would that look like? Yeah, first of all, to answer that question is yes, if anybody ever gets answered, asked that question, because it's an opportunity to serve kids at a greater capacity. Adam, you asked the question, I got a lot of piles of paper around my office right now. None of those include a 90 day plan for, to be the next Secretary of Education, right? So I'm going to give you just maybe one or two different areas that I would uh, focus on since you threw me a huge curveball. Notice that the fingers are on top of that curveball. Um, number one, what I would focus on is doing my absolute best to end childhood poverty, um, to make sure that translated to better opportunities inside of our school district. I know we're responsible for an awful lot in uh, public education, uh, but I would do whatever I could uh, to really start to tackle the idea, um, I'm sorry, the, the issue of children living in, in high poverty. Also make sure that all students are connected, right? We have to end that digital gap that exists. And that's just not around connectivity, providing hotspots, or a device, right? That's really making sure kids have access K-12 across the entire education landscape, making sure they have access to an educator who can effectively leverage the technology to enhance the academic experience at the classroom level. So a lot of uh, digital gaps that exist, not just around connectivity, uh, but that would be a piece. And then last but not least, um, I would challenge our, uh, our, our country to come up with a fair and equitable funding structure so that we can provide in K-12 education, the public education, a high quality world-class education that every child deserves. So many different examples across the country in different states uh, where the funding mechanism, that funding structure, a funding model, funding formula, it's just not fair and equitable. I really would challenge us to really search and discover and prototype some type of structure to make sure that kids are getting uh, the education they need and the districts are being funded accordingly to provide it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, so I got a question, Secretary Styles. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> I feel that we in education are really, really good at looking at what's out there and like going to a conference or learning about something new and bring it in, bringing it into our schools. I feel like where education is really bad is actually getting rid of things that we shouldn't be doing anymore or that aren't relevant anymore. I mean, I have a, I have a fifth grader and a third grader and I taught fifth grade for years and I see some of the things that our kids are still doing. And like some of these standards, like, I mean, it, I, I 100% agree with everything that you just said. And then if you look at like a list of what teachers were responsible for when you and I were kids, and then now what teachers in schools are responsible for, the list is four times as long and we haven't added resources and money and everything else. So I know, again, this is another big question, but like, what do we do? I mean, how can we, you know, pare down standards or get rid of some that aren't relevant to this 2022 world that we live in with Google and Alexa and automation and computers and just new economy, new opportunities, getting our kids ready for this world that they're living in. And I feel that so much, not so much, I feel a lot of what we are doing, or at least a good portion, we probably don't need to be doing anymore, or at a lesser extent, or those are, those are things that they could explore after school. I mean, I, I know that's a big question, Marlon, for like a three hour podcast, but what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think the the, the educational record for a, a child is just too too narrow right now, right? If you think about it, no disrespect to anyone who ever came up with the concept, but it purely means that you completed a sequence of courses, uh, you met the academic mark to qualify for so-called credit to be able to advance to the next course in the sequence until you ultimately get to walk across the stage. Um, to really dig into what you're saying a little bit since we don't have three hours out, I'm right. I feel like I'm sitting in the back patio right now, just having a deep dialogue about education. Man, I'm getting fired up. Uh, but I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really thinking about the fact that when I speak with employers, just here in my small portion of this whole world, our employers aren't asking, did you take algebra one? They're not asking if you took fifth grade ELA. They're asking us, how are you developing skill sets in these children so that they are they are career ready when they walk across the stage, right? Not college ready, um, not workforce ready, but career ready, whatever option those kids want to take. Um, so I think if we could do anything, whether it's abandoned or just add to uh, the experience, but I wish we would focus more on those career skill sets that children need to be able to contribute at a very deep, authentic level post-graduation. Uh, I would love to do what uh, John Malloy, superintendent out West, um, did up in Toronto Public Schools. He talked about really blending K-12 in the workforce inside of our school systems here in the States to create that more career-based experience and develop those, those workforce type skill sets, those career skill sets. Um, so if that's abandoning a few other things like state testing um, and some of those other things, those were accountability systems, some of those items, all for it, right? My, my focus would be on making sure when the children walk across the stage, that A, they have a life plan, but B, they are armed with the skill sets to go dabble or, or just jump right into different career pathways and opportunities post-graduation. Uh, but the students would know these are the skill sets that I'm super strong in, right? Uh, these are the five or 10 different ones. And they're going to drive me towards some life decisions when it comes to my potential career. Yes, there's some things we got to let go of, but I would love to see that shift in our system across this country to make sure kids are, are, are really life ready. Yeah, I love that blending that you're talking about. It's kind of like that culture piece from the school site to the district. Like we are the district and we are this country and you know, the workforce needs one thing and K-12 might be doing another thing. Like we got to do a much better job of that blending piece. Marlon, you have a demanding job. How do you balance life and work and family? Oh, man, I, I'm blessed to have a, a wife who loves me up and down the street, and I love her, too, just in case she does listen to this. Um, but, but we've got a, a household that we just have a lot of fun. I got two kids that are absolutely wonderful. Um, I love music, and anybody knows that about me. I cannot sing worth the lick. Adam, I can't dance, and I openly admit it. I have no rhythm, but I will two-step <laughs> with the best of them, right? I'll stay. Just remember remember Hitch, staying right? Two oh, step. I remember Hitch, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Love that movie. That was me. Will Smith was trying to teach me to dance. Uh, but music music keeps me uh, centered. It keeps me relaxed. Um, I'm not a big guy. We met before, but I enjoy getting to the gym just to, just to decompress, right? It's my way of just being alone with my headset on, uh, with the music on, to just kind of just let loose a little bit. Uh, hum and sing a little bit while I move about a little bit of weight. I just, just try to stay in shape. But um, I love staying connected to the community. Um, I don't consider it a job to serve. I consider it more of a calling. Uh, so when I'm out in the community, um, yes, I am at work, but I'm also enjoying relationships with people as I try to find ways to better, to better serve. Um, yes, our jobs are demanding. 
Yes, I understand that we are becoming numb and tired and stressed out in education. It's a tough job, absolutely, yes. Uh, but to anyone listening, I'm not sure your state of mind. Mine is a, a very super positive, energetic uh, state right now. But I would just simply say that you're built for this, right? We are built for this moment. We always have been and always will be as educators. We are the bedrock of society right now. We're producing future citizens that are really going to change the world. Uh, but our children are looking to us to be uh, that beacon of hope, uh, to provide optimism and courage for them. Uh, just understand that you are built for this moment. Uh, continue to stay balanced, accept the challenge, and give it every single thing you got. Pour your heart and soul into it. Yeah, uh, 100%. If you could have one job, for one day, what would that job be? If you could have one job for one year, what would that job be? Ooh. Well, if I could have uh, one job for one day, um, I would like to be, man, that's a, that's, that's a good question. I would like to be a, a news anchor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on a big time news channel. Um, and I would do absolutely nothing but cover positive K-12 public education yes. stories across this country. And I would work a 16-hour shift and I would do nothing but brag about the great work the K-12 educators are do, doing. If I could have one job and do it for a whole year, I would be a bus driver. Um, and my bus would be absolutely rock. And I'd pull up, I'd have the windows down, I'd probably add a few speakers. Um, but I would enjoy... <laughs> Uh, the opportunity, and that's why I'm so jealous of our bus drivers in this country, and especially here in Middletown City Schools, I would enjoy the opportunity to have such a strong relationship with kids, and be the first person they see on their way to school, and the last person they see on the way to school. If I could do that, I would absolutely um, be able to, to just dive right into that and love it every single chance I get for a year. I've been able to do it for one, one morning uh, with Principal Heather Keel at Mayfield Elementary, but I would love to do that for for a for a whole year. More importantly, if, if they wanted to hire me at a, at a CNN or whatever, whatever news station that has so many viewers, I um, would love to brag about K-12 educators all day long and all night. We should just start that channel and just brag about it on YouTube and TikTok and social yes. media in general. And you better not put in hoopty speakers because, you know, I still hear it. You hear like the bump and it's like the bzz, 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 like they don't have the insulation That's right. underneath That's right. the trunk. And I had friends. I'm like, man, save your money, you guys. Like, do it when you get yep. older. Hey, Marlon. Remember that song? Remember that song? The man. I forget who sings it, but that song. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the yeah, man. Yeah. When kids are walking off the off the bus. <laughs> I'd had that song bumping, so they feel so confident about themselves. They walk in to get their education every morning. No, I mean the bus. The bus idea is real. I remember about three, four years ago, there was a school district. I can't remember the school district, and they did a video about. It was like the juxtaposition of like, get on the bus, hurry up, why are you late? Da 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 da. Starting a kid's day like that, or. You know, Marlon, good morning. Oh, I love your shoes look so nice. You got a haircut? It is so great to see that smile. And just that juxtaposition, how you start your day is so unbelievable. I'm sure there's science and research behind it, but the simple research is you start with a hello and a good morning and a positive affirmation. When you get on the bus, you're going to start your day a lot better and you're probably going to end your day a lot better as well too. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Shout out to all the bus drivers out there across this country. Thank you for all the work that you do. Marlon, a huge part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. 
I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you, man. What would you like to say to all the educators across this country that listen to this podcast? Yeah, first of all, I appreciate all that you do. Um, I'll tell you the same thing I would say to everyone here in Middletown City Schools. And this is a shout out uh, to everyone investing in hashtag Mady Rising. Um, I, I believe in you. I said it before. I believe in you. I'm proud of the job that we all are doing to serve children. Uh, appreciate you more than you know. Understand that we see all the positive things that you are doing. Um, and you are the real reason why we have navigated the past several years to keep students uplifted. More importantly, you are the reason why children are starting to recover and get back on track. That's right, I said it. Students are recovering, believe it. It's because of you. So hats off to you, keep doing what you do. Uh, find a way to stay balanced. More importantly, just understand that you are valued um, and we see the hard work that you're doing. Keep doing it. Um, proud to be part of Hashtag Mitty Rising. Super proud of the staff that we have here in our district and so happy I'm part of the team. Hashtag Mitty Rising. Marlon Styles at MCSD Super Midi. That's with the D, actually two Ds, M I D D I E, rising. Hashtag Marlon. I was so excited for this conversation. And I know we could talk for hours and hours yes. and hours. I'm going to have to have you back on maybe this summer when you got some more time. We can uh, dive a little bit deeper into some of these ideas that we're talking about because uh, they're all important and everything's important, but some are urgent. And uh, maybe we can go a little bit deeper into those urgent urgent ideas that we're talking about. Um, I appreciate all that you do. Everybody listening, thanks for all you, you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.